We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. On Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. The Lakers right now, a little bit of a break, a little bit of breathe of a breather, a chance to kind of catch their breath a little bit, relax, rest, recover, heal up. Hopefully LeBron, Dennis Schroeder, Thomas Bryant back in action on Friday when the Lakers take on the D- Detroit Pistons. And that's also going to give us an opportunity to kind of take a look back at how far we've come so far to this point and what successes the Lakers have had and what failures as well. So to help me do that, I've got Joseph Chapa from LakersNation.com. Joseph, thanks for hopping in. Absolutely, Trevor. Thanks for having me on. It's been a great night. Just finished off being an ESPN Plus analyst and now being able to talk about, about the Lakers. This is a great night so far. Yeah, it's going to be fun here. Let's, um, let's jump into it. So right now the Lakers are just three wins and 10 losses <laughs> on the season. We're about 15%-ish of the way through the season, certainly not what we were expecting at this point. What, what has surprised you about this Lakers team, either positive or negative? What was it? What, what have we seen over these 13 games that maybe you weren't expecting? You know, I really wasn't expecting the slow start for this new scheme for Russell Westbrook. He was a huge storyline heading into the season. It really didn't work out with Frank Vogel and, you know, Frank Vogel, he, won the Lakers the 2020 NBA championship, but he was just not the right offensive stylistic coach for a guy like Russell Westbrook paired with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the crew. But now that Darvin Ham made the switch to Russell Westbrook uh, as the six men off the bench, leading the second unit, uh, you know, as they say, Russell Westbrook, he never has an off button. It's always go and go some more. And then you have guys like Wayne and Gabriel that can keep up with him uh, in transition. But that would really be my uh, surprise so far because you think Darvin Ham, new head coach, players head coach in the offseason, press conferences and interviews and even in training camps said, okay, we're going to have a new Russell Westbrook. Even I thought that too, uh, but it was a little slow, slow start in that end. Now it's picking up. So we got to look at some other, other things for the Lakers to improve from that three and 10 slow start. Yeah, I mean, when I when I think about this past offseason, the general consensus was you've got to trade Russell Westbrook. There's no way you're going to find success with him. Darvin Ham keeps saying that he's excited to have him on the roster and they're going to figure out a way to make it work. Everybody just kind of rolled their eyes and said, no, you're not. There's no chance this is going to work. I still think it's an, it can be an awkward fit at times, but this is probably the best 
you're going to see in terms of Russell Westbrook being able to fit in with this Lakers roster. I think Darvin Ham has maximized him to the best of his ability, and that is certainly a credit to Coach Ham and what he's done here. So let me ask you this, because all the talk in the offseason was Russell Westbrook needs to be moved. What can the Lakers' stance be now? Is this sustainable with Russell Westbrook coming off the bench, and do you think they need to trade him? You know, I'll answer the second question first, and and I believe so. And I think, you know, us as Lakers fans and, you know, just NBA fans, basketball fans in general in the community, uh, we know what Russell Westbrook, he's a Hall of Fame player, but, of course, this is 2022. This is a 310 start to the 2022-23 NBA season. And uh, because of the Lakers' circumstances and their assets, you know, we talk about asset management with Rob Palenka in the front office. Uh, it's, it's in their best interest to trade Russell Westbrook because you talk about sustainability, if you want to win some games, you know, in December and January, you want to sell out a crowd or so. Yeah, I would say it's sustainable. But if you want to win a championship and maximize the window of LeBron James and Anthony Davis when he's healthy, no, it's not sustainable. I kind of think of fake it till you make it right. Fake it. You know, Russell Westbrook is having these great performances uh, as the six men really improved his efficiency and his play on both ends and really just starting off the first quarter strong when he checks in around the eight minute mark. But, you know, going forward, are we really thinking playoffs? Are we really thinking championships? With Russell Westbrook, I think that's out the window. Yeah, that's that's the issue for the Lakers is while Russ has been fun, I mean, there's been some great moments. I love seeing the L.A. crowd cheer for him, especially after everything he went through last season. Uh, the ceiling is certainly low for this team, and I think we've seen that so far. Russell Westbrook, again, has been a nice story, and I don't think it's I don't think they're desperate to trade him like they might have been in the offseason, but I still think most likely the path to success is is not going through Russell Westbrook, which maybe we see a trade there coming up for the Lakers. Speaking of which, uh, you know, that was a lot of the chatter during the offseason was the Lakers need to make a trade, the Lakers need to make a trade, they need to get something done. Uh, has your thoughts on what the Lakers need to find in a trade? Has that changed at all? in these 13 games, now that we've gotten a glimpse of what this team has, what is it that this team should be targeting in a deal? Trevor really hasn't. And, and you know, uh, you and Sean and Matt have really harped on this really all season long. It's, it's shooting. It's perimeter shooting. I mean, it's the song and dance that we've heard about the Lakers really the, the past season and a half. Now they need perimeter shooting. When you have LeBron James, who's arguably the greatest driving force uh, in, in basketball history. And of course, Anthony Davis, we know what he brings to the table. You got to have some shooters out in the corners, corners in the perimeter. And I think they really need to be targeting that, but also long-term wise, again, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, the injury bug likes to mess with them. And, you know, the Dennis shooters of the world that can provide you some 14 to 16 points per game, but really like a third star. I mean, obviously if, if we were dreaming, I, I would really like a Bradley Beal, uh, LeBron to, to Beal to AD that would be amazing but obviously that's going to be really hard even though Beal has a no trade clause and you know Washington likes to play around with the Lakers front office but I would just say shooting uh, and also you look at defensive wing help uh, they were looking at Tony Snell and uh, Joe Wieskamp the former San Antonio Spur and then thirdly I really maybe add another big uh, your guy Damian Jones really slow start to the year I know he's back with the Lakers I really like his energy but really hasn't been working out. So I'd say one, shooting, two, defensive wing help uh, depth-wise, and then three, maybe get you a nice center, maybe even stretch the floor like a Thomas Bryant. 
Yeah, that, that's what's interesting, right? With Thomas Bryant potentially coming back, we've heard that the Lakers would like to kind of give this, this team as a whole unit an opportunity to show what they've got with Thomas Bryant, with Dennis Schroeder. We're assuming everybody's going to be healthy starting up on Friday against the Pistons. Um, how optimistic are you that Thomas Bryant is going to check that box of being that center? And based on what we've seen from Damian Jones so far, if Thomas Bryant isn't it, does that mean that center becomes something you have to go get on the trade market? Yeah, if Thomas Bryant isn't it, uh, you definitely have to look at the trade market and, of course, the buyout market uh, as the season progresses. But, uh, you know, I think you have to remain optimistic uh, for Thomas Bryant. Obviously, uh, I think the Lakers faithful aren't thinking all-star. They're not thinking 20 points per game, maybe not even 15 points per game. But enough where Anthony Davis can slide over to the four spot, be where he's most comfortable at defensively, right? He's not really active in the pick and roll situations. He can be a roamer, like, like a little free safety in, in football. Uh, and of course, he can play a five out offense. And when you have guys like Russell Westbrook and, um, you know, Lonnie Walker, who's getting his shooting touch and LeBron James, when he comes back, you can have more of that floor spacing and run on a little five out offense. So I think you remain optimistic that things can be a little better, but things won't be drastically better with him on the floor. Yeah. It's really just can right now, AD is having to play. I mean, a hundred percent of his minutes at the center position, they've got AD and, and Wendy and Gabriel, who's been a pleasant surprise, but you really do need at least one more big in there. And so if, if Thomas Bryant is not able to be that guy and Damian Jones, if they don't have faith that he's going to get things going, pains me to say it because he was my guy. But if he isn't <laughs> able to get things going, they may have to look out there on, on the trade market. Uh, would you have done the Pacers deal? Two firsts, 2027 and 2029 unprotected. Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, much publicized. The Lakers had an opportunity to do it uh, right before media day, declined. Looking at it now, should they have done that? Looking at it now, no, Trevor, I don't think so. Um, you know, emotionally, and I think all of us as Lakers fans have have been in that place where it's like, oh, you know, we got LeBron, we got AD, we just wanted to make something happen now. And I understand that. And I feel like if this was June or July or maybe early August, you maybe pull the trigger on that deal because, I mean, Buddy Heal, you know, we know what he brings to the table right. and Miles Turner went healthy. But now we talk about asset management and we talk about, you know, marginal differences. I know Rob Palenka, the front office, kind of said that. And we've kind of said that um, as Lakers Nation as well. Will Buddy Heald and Miles Turner take you over the hump? Will they take you to your championship aspirations? Or will, will they be like, OK, this is a first round team. This is a second round team hanging around in there kind of like uh, the season when they had Dennis Schroeder at point guard the first round. So I would say right now, no, uh, it's really asset management is the way to go. But it's. So hard, man, because you want to have the Lakers win with LeBron yeah. and AD, but you got to play chess if you're Rob Palenka. That's going to be the the challenge, right? Because LeBron, he's been around for a long time now. <laughs> he knows that this team doesn't have what it takes to go go win a championship. That's not a that's not taking a shot at the team at all. That's just I mean, it's just a fact. You look at the this roster and the way that's constructed right now. They're not a championship quality team. Um, and same thing with Anthony Davis. They're not going to be super thrilled. If the answer from the front office is let's wait till the summer. So how does how does Rob Palenka navigate that? Like, do you think ultimately they're going to make a trade here this season or are they able to placate LeBron and AD enough to wait until they've got cap room in the summer and then another draft pick to play with? Because on draft night, they'll be able to trade their 2023 pick, whether it's their own pick or the Pelicans pick. I think we'll definitely know more as the season progresses. 
as a concrete thought, you know, LeBron and AD with the reports coming out that, hey, we don't want another season wasted. We don't want, kind of like you just said, we don't want to hear, oh, just wait till the summer, wait till the buyout market, wait till the deadline. No, we want something now. And man, I think Rob Palenka has got the hardest job in the world right now, Trevor, uh, really just balancing, okay, you're telling Jeannie, okay, we got these two assets, really our only two first round picks to 2027 and 2029. And then of course going into the 2030s. But, and then you also want to please LeBron James and Anthony Davis because they are a championship team. They've proven that when healthy and you have the right guys around them, shooters and, and dominant centers down low, two-way centers, that they can win a championship. So uh, I would say it's really hard, but I think as the season progresses, if they can't really make those strides with Dennis Schroeder, Thomas Bryant healthy, Kendrick Nunn improving now that he's uh, kind of healthy coming off of a season-ending injury last year, then I think LeBron and AD say, okay, Rob, we just gotta, we're just going to have to make a move. We're just going to have to – you know, just give it all away. Kendrick Nunn has not been not been good for the Lakers. He's been in a tough spot. I actually went down to the G League today as we're recording this um, to get in a little extra work. And I give him credit for that, for for putting in the extra extra work when the Lakers weren't holding practice. He went to go play with the South Bay Lakers and get some more work in. Thomas Bryant, Dennis Schroeder did as well, but that's because they're recovering from injury. We'll see what he can ultimately provide to this team. But Let's focus on the stars. Let's start with LeBron. You know, there's a lot of people out there, and a lot of these are non-Lakers fans, but still a lot of people out there saying, eh, Father Time might be catching up to LeBron. Uh, what do you say to people who say that so far what we've seen out of this season is evidence of a decline from LeBron James? Other than the injury that he's dealing with, Trevor, and maybe uh, the injuries that he's dealt with, uh, wearing the purple and gold uniform, I just don't see any evidence, both in the eye test and uh, statistical evidence that LeBron James is declining here in year 20. Um, again, I think the only argument is the injuries. And of course, isn't this isn't 2018 LeBron when you have the Jordan Clarksons and you have the Kevin Loves and the, you know, Ante Zizek as well, Larry Nance Jr. And you can carry them to the NBA finals. No, we can't have that LeBron James anymore because of that. But he is still LeBron James. He's arguably the best player in the world. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, great NBA players out there. But, no, I don't think there's any evidence other than the injuries that you can make a great case that Father Time is winning. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, I mean, his, his shooting percentages are down quite a bit. But I think the illness has to matter. I mean, this, like just about everybody on this team at this point has gotten it at some point, this virus that has gone through the roster, gone yeah. through the locker room. 
I, I mean, I think 13 games, it's not the smallest of sample sizes, but I'm with you. I think it's too early to start saying that this is just what LeBron James is right now. And I think we got a glimpse of him kind of coming back in the game that he got, got hurt in. Um, his shooting percentage shot way up. He looked more like his old self. So I'm in agreement. I think it's too early to write off LeBron James. And frankly, I don't know what you think about this. I think it's a little bit of wishful thinking from, from non Lakers fans. Certainly Pelicans fans are rooting for the demise of the Lakers because of the pick swap situation. But I think a lot of the noise out there about LeBron being done, LeBron is washed, hashtag washed King, all that kind of stuff. I think it's wishful thinking on the part of non Lakers fans, Lakers haters, which there are a lot of out there. Absolutely. That's the biggest ammunition that they have is, you know, tear down King James, LeBron James, a future NBA Hall of Famer, one of the best players in the world. And, you know, LeBron James, I think also this season, yes, his shooting percentages are down and his points per game. I mean, nearly average or maybe he might have passed a 30 points per game mark last season, uh, really improved his shooting last season. Uh, with the Lakers, but also you just talk about his body language, also kind of thinking in his mind, man, I really wish I had some shooters out here. And that kind of affects it. I mean, we know LeBron James, when he turns it on, he turns it on, you know, you're on triple double watch and you're just, you're just, he's going to be a dominant as ever as LeBron James really is. So you kind of think, okay, what if he really had the right pieces around him, a consistent, healthy Anthony Davis Maybe you throw in a five-out center, a stretch five like Thomas Bryant and an extra ball handler like Dennis Schroeder. What could he really be like this season? So, But no, Trevor, I, I, I totally agree, and I stand by it. There's just no – other than the injuries and the current illness right now going around the Lakers, uh, there's just no statistical or eye test evidence that Father Time is beating LeBron James. What are your thoughts on Anthony Davis? Because heading into the season, we knew the Lakers were going to take this year and try to use that to help evaluate – where AD is at. Can he be the 1A guy after LeBron eventually sails off into the sunset? Whenever that is, if that's next year, if that's three years from now, whatever it is, he's got this year, another year under contract, and then he'll have a player option. What are your thoughts on AD's play so far this season? Is he, and is he that 1A star for the Lakers, or do they need to have him be a 1B type guy and and go find that 1A guy somewhere else? I think Anthony Davis is way too talented um, and he's proven a very, very credible player, a superstar player that he is a one, a type guy. And I'm going to hang, hang my hat on the Brooklyn performance on Sunday night, the 37 points and 18 rebounds, 10 of those on the offensive glass when Anthony Davis gets his touches and, and not only get those plays drawn for him from Ham's perspective and also the point guard, whether it's Westbrook or none, or even LeBron James, but also say, Hey man, I'm Anthony Davis. I got a one-on-one here in the left block. I'm here on the hash. I'm here on the elbow. Feed me the ball. Let me go to work. And I think when we have that Anthony Davis, when healthy, he's one of the best big men uh, in the in the entire planet. So I would definitely say he is that 1A next to LeBron James. And when LeBron James rides off into the sunset for his NBA career, if Anthony Davis is staying healthy and he does not want to request a trade, um, then I think, you, you know, you give Anthony Davis the keys and you just work with him and, you know, the health ever since that 2020 championship, man, I don't know what's happened with Anthony Davis, the health um, really, I mean, you just kind of think about it. He is so talented and so spectacular that when he is healthy, he is an almost, I, I think an MVP candidate year in and year out. If he's healthy. Yeah. And I think the, 
The one thing I'd like to see from his game this year is the outside shot falling a bit more. Um, he's even been reluctant to shoot it. You know, heading into the season, Darvin Ham talked about how he wanted AD to shoot more threes than ever before. He's actually shooting less than he ever has since he started really shooting them way back in like 2014, 2015. So that's my one complaint. Otherwise, AD has been a monster. He's done some great things for the team. He's had a few second halves while he's kind of disappeared uh part of that's on the team for not finding him part of that's on ad for you know not being aggressive enough but he's had a really good season i think he's done enough to remind everybody that when he's really got to go and he is one of the top talents in this league the challenge for the lakers though is getting these guys lebron and ad to consistently be at that extremely high level and then at the same time surrounding them by the right pieces which i think it's fair to say they don't have quite the right pieces around them um lonnie walker was their big addition uh, of the summer yeah. um, aside from, you know, the Patrick Beverly trade in terms of free agent signings, Lonnie Walker was the one guy they had one player that they could use their taxpayer mid level to sign or that they ended up using it to sign. Um, they spent all of it on Lonnie Walker. There was a lot of criticism at the time. I wasn't sold on Lonnie Walker being that guy that you were going to spend your taxpayer mid level on. I think he's been pretty good. What have you taken from what we've seen out of Lonnie Walker so far? Trevor, he's, he's, he's been pretty good as well. I mean, yeah, I kind of thought that as well, you know, watching him in San Antonio, you know, he's, he's athletic, uh, high energy. He can score the basketball, but his, his perimeter shooting, you know, heading into this season, I want to say a 31 to 33% uh, shooter from distance. And now he's turned into one of the, I mean, when you're in the half court setting for the Lakers, you say, Hey, Lonnie Walker, go get me a bucket. And he's dropping 25. He'll get you 18. He'll get you near 20. And now he's getting his shooting touch back and getting better in transition. So I think he's really exceeded the expectations of not only us Lakers fans, but I also believe the the Lakers players in the locker rooms, the Lakers coaches, because I think going into it, you think, okay, he's, he's a young guy. You want to put him on a perimeter, uh, defender you want to make him make plays maybe shoot the ball a little bit get to the foul line and that's it but no he's he's exceeded that Malik Monk role maybe even that Kyle Kuzma role I don't know that might be a little too early to tell during that championship year but if he stays consistent he can be a really great shot creator and playmaker for this Lakers team yeah Lonnie Walker right now averaging 16 and a half points not giving you a lot on the boards uh two and a half rebounds 1.7 assists but 1.1 steals so you'll take that and then Scoring officially, 47% from the field, which is a career high. Uh, 36% from three, which is a career high based on the volume that we're seeing out of him. He's taking five threes per game right now. He's only had three seasons where he's been right around five threes. He had a season, uh, his second season, where he shot 41% from three, but the volume was very low. So small sample size there. But anyway, taking a lot of threes, making a lot of threes, scoring buckets, doing everything that you would need him to do. Um, he's been great so far for the Lakers this year. And for a guy who got criticized quite a bit for being that signing, I think that he's done a lot to prove that the Lakers were right to give him that deal. And a lot of people now are wishing they had given him a multi-year deal so that we wouldn't have to worry about his free agency coming up um, this summer. Uh, the other additions, Patrick Beverly, where, where do we stand? I know a lot of Lakers fans aren't super thrilled with what we've seen out of Pat so far. I don't think it's all bad, but... What are your thoughts on, on Patrick Beverly? That was really the biggest move player-wise that the Lakers made this offseason. They traded Taylor Horton Tucker to pick him up. You kind of divide his performance and his grade 
into two different categories, both off the court and on the court. And really, we know what he brings off the court. I mean, you know, with the Clippers, with the Timberwolves, the list goes on and on. The leadership, the tenacity, the swagger that he brings to the locker room and a, and a new culture with the Lakers, a younger culture than last season. But also on the court, uh, really good on-ball defender, and he can shoot the ball well. And I think he can shoot the ball better than he has this season. But he's not a sharpshooter. He's not a guy who you want to take five, six, seven threes a game. But because of the Lakers roster circumstances, you have to rely on a guy like Patrick Beverly to be a sharpshooter. And that's not his fault. You know, yes, he's not shooting his normal percentages. Yes, he may not be looking like his normal offensive self. But you can't rely on a guy like Patrick Beverly to be J.J. Redick or Kyle Korver or Clay Thompson, for that matter. And I think really so far, it's been solid. It's really Patrick Beverly seems like one of those seasoned NBA veterans that as the season progresses, you know, now you have a really long rest. Once LeBron James gets healthy, now Westbrook mm-hmm. is clicking on all cylinders. Let's see how he performs uh, better as the season goes on. Yeah, Pat is – he's done some nice things defensively. I do think that a lot of the value he provides isn't just – on the floor, but it's also off the floor. It's in the locker room, and those things can indeed matter. Um, Lakers fans, of course, would like to see him a little bit better on the offensive end. I think defensively we've seen some good things. But you're right. You're probably asking a bit much if you're asking him to shoot five or six threes a game. But you would hope that on a couple of shots a game he can get up to you know the mid-30s in percentage, and that's mm-hmm. that's really all the Lakers are, are looking for. So we'll see if, if better days do lay ahead for him, at least on the offensive end of the floor. And if not, if they do – that $13 million expiring contract could come in handy in lieu of a Russell Westbrook trade. You may be able to make something work with that Patrick Beverly contract somewhere around the trade deadline. So we'll keep an eye on that one for sure. Uh, what about the rest of the squad? The other guys, every the, everybody else, the role players, whether it's Austin Reeves, Troy Brown Jr., um, anybody that's really stood out to you, anybody that, that we should uh, we should mention here? Well, I'll say this. I mean, Troy Brown Jr. in the starting lineup, it really seems like Darvin Ham has really given them the green light to say you see a lot of it in just the half-court offense. Troy Brown, Troy Brown Jr. just catches the ball and fires if it's a hand in the face or not. And he's been pretty solid season uh, as, as the season goes on in the 13 games that the Lakers have played. I think Austin Reeves has really improved uh, defensively. You know, you think about it going into this season, uh, he's kind of like the little fan favorite role that Alex Caruso was maybe a few years ago. Um, I know all the Lakers fans miss him, especially now needing some defensive energy. But really those guys, of course, Max Christie has really been kind of a guy that you say, okay, we're deep in the rotation. We need guys because of injury status with LeBron, especially on the wings. Uh, JTA, Juan Toscano-Anderson, high energy as well. You have a lot of these high energy guys. You just really want them to convert their shooting because, like I said, the the Lakers really need perimeter play, both defensively and shooting-wise. And the transition, I mean, that's really something that hasn't been talked about. The Lakers are one of the worst teams, both in transition offense and transition defense. And a guy like Wayne and Gabriel uh, has really stepped up to the plate in that aspect. So I really think about those role players fitting in into those type of categories and the game plan for the Lakers moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they, they're guys that can fit, but you've got to add, as we talked about at the top, some shooting to yeah. this roster, maybe some more wing play might be another center. And of course, most of those things you're probably going to have to find on the trade market. The Lakers have worked out some free agents, but you're not going to expect at this point in the season to find anyone particularly noteworthy on the free agent market right now. So interesting stuff coming ahead. Uh, Let's predict a little bit. 
So from here, obviously the Lakers record, not what they would want it to be. Uh, do you see this as a playoff team or at least play in team as currently constructed? I do. Uh, I think when they are fully healthy with Dennis Schroeder, uh, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Thomas Bryan, the list goes on and on. And the way Russell Westbrook has been playing and you have guys like Austin Reeves, Troy Brown Jr., Patrick Beverly, you know, as the season goes on, they can hit their shots and play better defensively. And hopefully, like you said, better days lie ahead. I see at least a play-in team, uh, maybe even a playoff team. Maybe the Western Conference shakes up a little bit as it is currently standing. Uh, but those are my current expectations for the Lakers. If they make moves, obviously that changes. If they sign someone or an injury happens, you know, God forbid that. But that, those are my current expectations for the Lakers. Playing at the very minimum, playoff, I would say at the very, the very top. All right, last thing. Are they going to make a trade? Sometime between now and the trade deadline, are the Lakers making a move? I believe so. I, I think it's one of those things where this is the Los Angeles Lakers, man. You just got to make a move. Your fans are unhappy. Mm -hmm. Your players are unhappy. And not just your players. LeBron James and Anthony Davis are reportedly unhappy. And if they continue to stay unhappy, that just puts more pressure on Rob Palenka and his staff uh, to make a move. So I would definitely say, yes, they are going to make a move at some point. What it might be, who knows? Will it make them marginally be better? Maybe. Will it make them championship contenders? Hopefully. We can only hope and pray, man. <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure yeah i mean i'm gonna stay optimistic that ultimately something will get done we'll see it's gonna depend on you know what else is out there what other teams are willing to make a move with the lakers and, and get something up whether it's you know bradley beal which i i'm not optimistic that's going to happen i guess crazy things do happen in this league sometimes or if it's something smaller if it's a buddy heel to miles turner or something we haven't discussed yet maybe or if there's other trades out there with the spurs the hornets any other teams I still think they'll figure out some way to get something done. Just the question is, when are they going to do it? Yeah. But Lakers Nation, give us your thoughts in the comments down below. What do you think about this Lakers season so far? Do you think this team is on the upswing? Can they improve? And are they absolutely going to make a move and get that done and bring this team up to a next level? Give me your thoughts in the comments section. Don't forget, subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. If you're listening to the podcast version, Make sure you give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Joseph, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming on here. Hey, thanks, man. It was a great night. All right, everybody. Till next time. See ya and stay safe. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.